verses 1 through. Uh, this has been read earlier. Uh, but in verse 1, the scripture says, And in that day you will say, O Lord, I will praise you, though you were angry with me. Your anger is turned away, and you comfort me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For Yah, the Lord, is my strength and song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. And in that day, you will say, praise the Lord. Call upon his name. Declare his deeds among the peoples. Make mention that his name is exalted. Sing to the Lord, for he has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, O inhabitants of Zion. Hallelujah. Thought for today, and, 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 and I just pray that the Lord will speak to our hearts. The thought for today is, we're in that day. So what do we do? We're in that day. So what do we do? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you, Lord, that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void, but it will accomplish all that you desire. Thank you, Lord, that you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. So thank you for sending your word to us today. And thank you, Father, for what your word is going to accomplish in our lives this day. We praise your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We are in that day. So what do we do? Amen. In this season of, of preparation for us, uh, as we're in this Advent season, it's different for us than it was for the Jews in the Old Testament. They looked forward to the coming of the Messiah. It had been prophesied that the Messiah would come. Uh, uh, and, and throughout their, their, um, their tribulation period, their exile period, uh, they looked forward to the coming of the Messiah to come and bring salvation and, and bring deliverance. Uh, that's what it was for them. They were looking forward to. But for us, we're looking back on that day when salvation actually came, when deliverance actually came for the Jews, but not just for the Jews, but for all people uh, who would believe and receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So we look back on that day when Christ came into the world to save us from our sins. We look back on that day when, when Jesus died on the cross of Calvary as a sin offering uh, on our behalf, for us, uh, to God, the perpetuation for our sins. We look back on that day. We look back on that day when God raised Jesus from the dead. Amen. Never to die again and, to, and, 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 and solidifying in his promise of redemption, his promise of reconciliation, and his promise of eternal life to all who would believe and receive. And we look forward to the day when Jesus comes again. Yeah, he came the first time to bring salvation. He's coming the second time uh, to judge the world and to vindicate the saints for all the wrongs that have been inflicted 
upon us by the enemy of our souls and, and his imps who've assisted him in his own slots against the kingdom of heaven and against the sons of the kingdom. We look forward to that day. Sometimes when you're going through things and you wonder, God, why? Sometimes when you see things happening in the world and you wonder, God, how long? You just keep on remembering that we're looking forward to that day when Jesus comes again. He's coming again. Yeah, he's coming again. He's coming again. Amen. As I was reading this prophecy, um, praise, thanksgiving, and rejoicing stood out to me as I read this. I, I kind of glanced over it at first, and when I got down to verse 4, you know, it just kind of jumped out at me. This, this is a psalm of, of praise. This is a prophecy of praise, of, of thanksgiving and rejoicing. Uh, it kind of mimics Moses' uh, song of rejoicing when God brought the people of, 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 of Israel out of bondage, brought the Hebrew people out of bondage in Egypt. But Isaiah is prophesying and saying, in that day, they would praise the Lord. You know, right now you're going through, right now, uh, you know, you're, 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 you're in exile in a foreign land. Right now, there's, there's trials and tribulations that you're going through. But in that day, you will praise the Lord. In that day, they would declare among the nations his deeds. Amen. Uh, in that day, they would sing to the Lord for his excellent deeds that he had done. And I was reading the Holy Spirit. As I was reading, the Holy Spirit said to me, you're in that day. You're in that day. You're in that day. Amen? Amen. It was spoken to Israel after they had been separated from the Lord. And in the midst of the punishment for their sins, the prophet prophesied that the day was coming. Amen. That they would rejoice. That they would be thankful. Amen. That they would give praise to God. Amen. Although God had punished them, amen, they were still his chosen people. And God had made a promise, amen, that, 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 that Abraham's seed would be more plentiful than, than all the sands of the sea. And through Abraham's seed, all of the nations of the world would be blessed. Israel did not see that. The nation of Israel didn't see it before Jesus, but in Jesus, they saw it because in Jesus, all of the nations of the earth are blessed. Amen? We see it today. We see it today, saints of God. And you know, sometimes, and I, I believe that the reason this, this, this spoke to me is because sometimes, it seems like we don't understand what we have to be thankful for. You know, we've heard so much about the blood of Jesus, and, and it is so important. Sometimes we don't get it. We don't, we don't get it. You, and and, 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 and we, we are thankful for our salvation, you know, but sometimes it just seems like the joy is not there. You know, it seems like, you know, okay, we've heard this before. I know I'm saved. I'm going to heaven. But, but you, but, but, but you got to realize that this is, this is something to really, really, really be excited about. We're in the day. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We're in the day. God was angry with us because of our sins, but we're in the day. Hallelujah. When we can praise God because he's turned his anger away from us. Amen. He did it in Jesus. Amen. Jesus satisfied. Amen. Divine justice. Jesus took your punishment. Jesus took my punishment. They nailed him to the cross. God was angry, but he poured out his anger on Jesus on the cross. He took it for you. He took it for me. We're in the day. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Now when God has to punish us, he doesn't punish us because he's angry. He punishes us because he loves us. Oh, my God. Yeah, 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 yeah. When he has to discipline us, when he has to chastise us, he does it because he loves us. He is bringing about the peaceable fruit of righteousness in our lives. Oh, what a wonderful God. What a wonderful God we serve. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and as, as, as the psalmist, as, as the prophet was, was prophesying and, and this was being recorded, I was reminded, I was reminded of, of um, the prayer that Solomon had prayed in, in 2, Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 6. And if you, if you read that prayer, it spoke to this. It's, and it speaks to the wonderfulness of the God that we serve. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, Praise the name of Jesus. God, I thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's see here. Down about verse 36. Um, yeah. You there? Amen. Praise Jesus. Second Chronicles chapter 6. It reads, hallelujah. And this is Solomon's prayer, and I'm not reading the whole prayer, but he says, when they sin against you, for there is no one who does not sin, and you become angry with them and deliver them to the enemy and they take them captive to a land far or near. Yet when they come to themselves in the land where they are carried captive and repent and make supplication to you in the land of their captivity saying, we have sinned, we've done wrong and have committed wickedness and when they return to you, with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their captivity where they have been carried captive. Let, let me say this. Sometimes, you know, when you're in your sin and you come to yourself, you, you, you're in the land of your captivity and you begin to cry out to God right where you are. And this is what Solomon was talking about. Not when they get delivered. No, 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 not when they come out, but while they're in the land of their captivity. And you got to come to yourself when you're in your sin. Yeah, 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 right where you are. He said, so when they come to themselves, yeah, in the land of their captivity, and they pray toward this land, which you've given to their fathers, the city which you've chosen, and toward the temple which I have built for your name, then hear from heaven your dwelling place, their prayer and their supplication, and maintain their cause and forgive your people who have sinned against you. Now, God heard Solomon's prayer. And we know God, God heard Solomon's prayer. Most of the time, we just start at chapter 7, verse 14. But this is God's answer to Solomon's prayer. Uh, verse 12, Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said, I've heard your prayer, and I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up heaven, that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, and send pestilence upon my people, among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from that wicked way, then will I hear from heaven, then will I hear from heaven, right where they are, when they come to themselves. 
in the land of their captivity. And they began to pray toward Jerusalem. They believed that Jerusalem was the place, was the city of God. Amen. It was chosen as God's holy place and the temple was the place where God dwells. So they just prayed toward Jerusalem. Amen. Amen. And, and today, amen, Orthodox Jews pray toward Jerusalem. Just like Muslims pray toward Mecca. Amen. They pray toward Jerusalem because they believe that's the place where God dwells. But we know where God dwells. Amen. Amen. So we got to come to ourselves. And I'm getting, so I'm going somewhere with this. Amen. So he said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then will I hear from heaven. Oh my goodness. Hallelujah. Then will I forgive their sin and heal their land. Hallelujah. Then he said, now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to prayers made in this place. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. So you look at this, and you see God's answer, and then you hear Isaiah saying, in that day. This is a day. That was a day when they realized their sin, and they began to cry out to God. And, 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 and God had already promised that he would forgive. God had already promised that he would heal, and God had already promised that he would comfort his people, and heal and restore his people. And so I asked the question, I said, Lord, why? Why are you so willing to forgive? Do you realize that God is willing to forgive? No, 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 no. Do you really realize? Now, I know we know God will forgive, but do you know God is willing to forgive? Do you know that God does not desire to kill you in your sin? If you don't know it, just look back over your life. Just, just, just stroll back down memory lane. And I know some of us have been righteous since we came out of our mother's womb, but some of us have not been that righteous. Amen. Some of us have not been that good. There are times when God could have wiped us off the face of the earth. There are times in the midst of our mess, God could have killed us right there. But God had mercy on us. He's willing I said, God, why are you so willing? And I was reading uh, this morning in my devotional, and in Deuteronomy chapter 29, I want to read this to you. You see, God knows us. Somebody say, God knows us. Lord, have mercy. Does somebody feel like a shout right now? <laughs> You see, no, no, you don't realize. You just don't realize where you could have been. No, you don't. I think I'll shut the Bible up and put my notes up because you don't realize where you could have been. We used to sing a song that said, I could have been dead and in my grave. But you told death to stand back and behave. How many times have God stayed the hand of death? God didn't want to kill you, but the devil wanted to take you out. The devil's intention was to take you out. He was almost at the point of killing you. But God, because God is willing to forgive. It is not God's desire that anyone perish. 
but that all come to repentance. And you got to say, God, why? You know, we sing the song, I don't know why Jesus loves me. I don't know why Jesus cares. I don't know why he sacrifices life. Oh, but I'm glad. You got to think about these things, saints. I tell you, it will do something to your praise. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you begin to think about, you know, how much God loves you, how much God is willing, amen, how patient God is with you. You know, I like to use the word long-suffering because God has suffered long with many of us. Amen. You may not ever tell your story, but you, God knows your story. And God has suffered long with you. God has suffered long with me. And so I ask God, why? And so, so this morning, as I was reading, the Lord took me to Deuteronomy 29. And in verse 2, Moses is talking to the children of Israel. And it says, now Moses called all Israel and said to them, you have seen all that the Lord did before your eyes in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and to all his land. The great trials which your eyes have seen, the signs and those great wonders. Yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear this very day, to this very day. You need to read verse 4 again because it says something about what God hadn't done and what was necessary for the people to really repent and appreciate what God had done in their lives. He says, yet the Lord has not given you a heart to perceive and eyes to see and ears to hear to this very day. What's the first thing mentioned? The Lord didn't give you a heart to see. Now, a few Sundays ago, if you, rem if you remember the message, it talked about the heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. Zeroing in on the heart. And sometimes we look at people and we wonder, why don't they stop doing what they're doing? Can't they see what's happening to them? Can't, you know, and, and sometimes even in our own lives, you know, we make the commitment, Lord, I'm never going to do that again. I'm not going to have that attitude again. I am not going to say those words again. I'm not going to that place again. And after a while, and, and, and so the issue then is not the mind and what we determine in our minds, but the issue is the heart. And so when I ask God, God, why are you so willing to forgive? He said, because even with Israel, I know my people today, their hearts need to be changed. And until their hearts are changed, they're not going to obey my voice. So I'm willing. I'm patient. I'm long-suffering. And I keep working with them so their hearts will change. Oh, I know, we think our hearts are right. Most people think their hearts are right. But where does evil proceed from? What do bad thoughts proceed from? What does meanness proceed from? The heart. The heart encompasses the mind, the will, the emotions, the volition. It's not just the physical mind where you're thinking. It's not just your thought capacity. So God is willing to give us chance 
to get the heart right. So to the Israelites, he said, I have not given them the heart. But God said to Jeremiah, he said, I will no longer write my covenant upon tablets of stone. I will write it in the hearts of my people. So I'm going to give them a heart of flesh where they had a heart of stone and everything was on the outside. Now I'm going to give them a heart of flesh and I'm going to put my law in their hearts. How does this happen when we receive Jesus as our Savior and our Lord? Yeah. We're in that day. That's why I said we're in the day. God has already sent Jesus. Jesus already died on the cross for our sins. All of us, many, most of us in here have already accepted Christ Jesus as our Savior and our Lord. Jesus has already been punished for our sins. We're in that day. We're in that day. So what should we be doing? Our hearts, should, our lives should be characterized by thanksgiving and praise. Oh, yes. That should counterize our lives. We should be in the midst of everything that we go through in life. You know, I said in, in, in my aunt's message, the other day, I, I, I wept on Wednesday. I wept on Thursday. Amen. But I was not begrudging my aunt's dying. No, 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 no. I rejoice because she's going on to be with the Lord. So even in the midst of our sorrow, we have to find a reason to rejoice. And our hearts have to be filled with thanksgiving because of what God did for us in Jesus Christ. Our lives should be characterized by praise and thanksgiving. That's why saints, people who really know the Lord, even though you may go through some low points in your life, even though things may happen in your life where, where you get upset and you, you, you have to grumble. You don't have to, but you choose to murmur and grumble and complain. You ought to be quick to go back to thanking God. Quick to go back to praising God for his goodness and the wonderful things that he's done in your life. Because he's done for you what you can never do for yourself. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, now think about that. You know, and sometimes when you're complaining about things, you have to realize that it could be much worse than what it is. Yes, it could be much worse than what it is. And so you have to let your life be characterized. The Bible says, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. My life should be, thanked, should be characterized by praise and thanksgiving when I think of all that God has done for me. Because I'm in this day where the Lord's anger has been appeased. I'm in this day, glory to God, where I'm supposed to give praise and give thanks to the Almighty God for the excellent and wonderful things that he's done in my life. So my response should always be praise and thanksgiving. The next time you choose to be ungrateful, think about what the Lord has done. The next time you choose to just remain at a bad place in your life, I'm not, we're human beings. We're going to reach those points. But you don't have to stay there. Mm -mm -mm. That's why the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So if you get mad in the morning, by nighttime, by, by sundown, you should be happy. 
Oh, Lord, have mercy. I know that's a challenge. But we don't do this on our own. You have a helper. Somebody say, I have a helper. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and if God said that we're supposed to do this, we can do so. We get back to praise and, and thanksgiving. So in the midst of sickness, when somebody meets you, say, how are you doing, sister? I praise God. I'm doing well in the name of Jesus. In the midst of trouble, when somebody meets you so, and say, how you doing, my brother? Uh, I, give, I, give, I give praise to the almighty God. Hallelujah. Because I'm joying, I'm, enjoy, I'm joyful in the midst of my trials and my troubles. I count it all joy because I fell into the Stradivus trial. I don't know what is going to work for me, but I believe the word of the Lord and it's going to work something good in my life. My life has to be characterized by praise and thanksgiving. And, and because I'm in this day, because I'm in this day, and I, I'm almost done, amen. Because I'm in this, really I am, amen. Because I'm in this day, amen, my life needs to be characterized by humble submission to the Lord and to the Lord's will, amen. Amen, humble submission. It's so easy to be in the flesh. It's so easy to do what we want to do. But then we have to consider whose we are. We have been bought with a price, the Bible says. Amen. So in this day, amen, my life should be characterized by humble, not haughty. There's a difference in haughty submission. The hardest submission is, I don't want to submit, but I'm going to submit. You know, sometimes I have to be made to submit. I have to be beaten into submission, you know? No, 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 no. Humble submission to the Lord and to the will of the Lord Almighty God. The Bible says Jesus, being equal with God, did not, did not think it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, willfully made himself of no reputation, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Do you think that dying on the cross was easy? It was not easy. Amen. They drove nails in. They put a crown of thorn on his head. They drove nails in his hands. They drove nails in his feet. They beat him mercilessly before they got to that point. It was not easy. But he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. It is difficult for us to humble ourselves and become obedient to the Lord because so often we want to do what we want to do. And we feel like we have a right to do. And you do. You have a right to do whatever you want to do. Don't ever forget that. You have that right. That's why the Lord doesn't force you. He doesn't force you. But you have a right to go to hell. Yep, that's your choice. Tell your neighbor, that's your choice. Lord, have mercy. That's your choice. But we can choose to humbly submit ourselves to the will of Almighty God. God, it's not my will, but it's your will that must be done. Not my will. Not my will. Yesterday, as I was coming home, I was saying, Lord, I'm tired. I don't want to preach. My wife said, what? You ain't going to preach? <laughs> we want to hear you preach. And I said, okay. Maybe that's the Lord speaking to me. <laughs> yeah. Amen. God will speak through our spouses. Amen. Amen. And even though I got up this morning, I didn't want to get out of the bed. Amen. But I got out of the bed because I had work to do. Amen. Even though in my flesh, I could have stayed in the bed this morning, but it ain't like me. I would have been up by 10 o'clock, so I would have been here by 1030. Amen. I'm not going to stay in bed and miss worship. No, no, no. If I don't preach, I'm going to be in worship somewhere. 
Amen. Amen. But, but, but humbly submit to the will of Almighty God. Even when at times we don't want to submit, we have to submit to the will of Almighty God. And the last thing I want to tell you today, because this is the greatest thing that any of us can do if we want our hearts to be changed, glory to God, and we can be in this place where God wants us to be, we have to embrace the word of God. Lord, have mercy. If my heart needs to be changed, how does the Lord change my heart? Have you ever asked the Lord to perform open heart surgery on you? Have you ever asked the Lord? You look at your heart. You know your heart. You know, we dress up and come to church. We dress up and go other places, but you know your heart. You know all of the wickedness that goes on in your heart. You know stuff that just sits there and just, just stays there and, 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 and stews in your heart. And you can't change your heart. Sometimes you try to dress it up. You might even come to the church and get up in front of the church and make confessions before the church. But that stuff is still in your heart. And when all you try to do, you cannot change your heart. But the Lord has made a way for your heart to be changed. He has to do it. He has to do it. And how does the Lord change your heart? And you know, the Lord changed. Do you know what the Word of God is? The Word of God is the sword of the spirit. It cuts to the division asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow of the bone. The word of God is spirit and it is life. So then when I embrace the word of God, listen, even when you don't understand some of the scriptures, you got to be in this word because the word is alive. And the word is what God uses to perform that open heart surgery in you. Or to cut out that old heart, amen, that's mean and messed up and, and evil and have all kinds of wicked stuff in it. The word, God will use his word by the, through the power of the Holy Spirit to work in your heart and change your heart. But it takes continual exposure to the word of God. It takes continual exposure to the word of God. Which means then that you need more than a Sunday morning fix. Some people come just to shoot up on Sunday morning. And all week long, they expect what was shot up on Sunday morning to keep them for six days. No, no, no. no. That, that needs to be continual exposure of your heart, your mind, your spirit to the Word of God. Amen. And the only way you're going to get it, and this goes beyond listening. You got to get in this Word and you got to read this Word. You have to make it your business because, listen, when the Word of God gets in you, then when, the, when temptation comes, and temptation is going to come because of your own lust. Oh, Lord, have mercy. 
You are drawn away and enticed by your own lust that continues to dwell in you because we, you have not allowed the Holy Ghost through the Word of God to change you. So you're drawn away. Satan takes advantage of it. But if the word is in you, when the, devil's try, when the devil tries to take advantage of you, the Holy Ghost brings up the word. Ooh. When the devil steps in and tries to tempt you, the Holy Ghost brings up the word. Lord have mercy. I just saw in my mind a shield coming up and blocking you and standing in between you and the temptation of the devil. Because you're in the word. You're in the word. We're in this day. Israel didn't have Bibles. Even in the day that Jesus walked the face of the earth, before the scriptures were written, they only had scrolls of different books. We have 66 books. We're in the day. We're in the day. We got it. There's no excuse for this generation because the word is present with us. You got cell phones, got Bible apps on the cell phone, got other things on your cell phone. There's no excuse for you not to be in your word. Been to school, know how to read. Been reading since you were four and five years old. Have dictionaries. Have the internet. You can, you can search out scriptures. You can find you. There's no excuse. We're in the day. That we can be everything God has ordained for us to be. We can live a life of thanksgiving and praise. And I'm going to tell you, what really has helped me live a life of thanksgiving and praise is to be in the Word of God. The Lord has helped me so much just by being in the Word of God. Am I perfect? No, I'm not perfect. But I can tell you that where I was 40 years ago, I'm not there today. Where I was 20 years ago, I'm not there today. Where I was 10 years ago, I'm not there. Does anybody understand what I mean? But it took continual exposure to the Word of God. I don't know if I can ever emphasize that enough. But one day, more people will get it. We're in a day where we can look back, see what Israel longed for. Now we have it. Now we can rejoice. Now we can humbly submit to the will of God. Now he can transform our lives. We don't have to conform to this world. We can be transformed by renewing of our minds. Because we're in the day. We have all of the resources they didn't have. They didn't have. The psalmist could say, enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name, and they would do it. Mm. 
when they got ready to go into the promised land, they could rejoice and they could say, lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. One side of Israel was on one side of the mountain, and the other side was on the other side of the mountain, and they were singing with loud voices, and one would sing, and the other would answer. We're in the day, and now we got to come and pump people up to praise God. We're in the day, and we come and we don't feel like it today. We're in the day when God has done wonderful and marvelous things in our lives, and we have to beg people to work in ministry, but we're in the day. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. We're in the day. Live a life of thanksgiving and praise. Live a life of humble submission to the will of God. And embrace the word of God so that the word can, so that God can work through his word and change your heart. Because it's the heart that has to be changed. The heart will push you. When you love the Lord, with all your, oh, when you love the Lord with all your heart, because you embrace those things that you love. So when the heart is changed so that you love God, then you start embracing God. When your heart is changed because you've been in the Word, and now the Word becomes like honey in the honeycomb in your mouth. You begin to love his word, and you can't do without his word, and you got to have his word. It's your medicine in the morning. Lord, have mercy. Oh, Lord, have mercy. It's your, it, it, it's your sleeping pill at night. Because there's a, there's, a, there's a love for the word now, and you, you, you got to have the word. Amen. You got to have the word. Amen. And, 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 and the more you get the word, the more your heart is transformed to be like Christ. It's a difficult thing when you have a, when the Lord shows you how things should be and you're trying to bring people along but people won't embrace the word. They don't embrace the word. Let's stay.